my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys had a terrific weekend. A great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Tyler Grant. Always a great time talking to Ty. Uh, we had a lot to discuss. We talked about how the ruling class wants us to stop traveling. Um, that, that's a fun one. Um, we talked about how the, the left and the press have no idea what to do with RFK Jr.'s candidacy. Um, and, and a bunch more. We, we covered a whole lot. Uh, obviously, the, the coup that wasn't uh, over in Russia over the weekend. A uh, lot to discuss, as always. Uh, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure, make sure to subscribe. And if you are an Apple user, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. If you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the NoGimmicksPodcast. All right. Without further ado, the great Tyler Grant. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Tyler Grant. Ty, how you been, man? Good, man. Just fresh out of the uh, the Toyota-thon Red 10 event where I watched my car get maintenanced for five hours and thought about <laughs> the good old day where we used to learn how to do those kind of skills, and it made me sad for the state of myself and the country. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. You know, I, I haven't been at a Toyota dealership for five hours, so uh, my morning's a little bit better than yours, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. How's that baby daddy life? Dude, it's uh, it's good, man. I uh, my daughter's great. She sleeps through the night. Uh, the only thing she can't do yet is nap. She will not nap. I mean, she's like, nope, sun's up, not sleeping. So it's basically like she needs, she requires constant attention from like 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. So that's a little challenging, but uh, I don't know. I figure eventually she'll figure out the whole nap situation. And that's that's the only thing that she can't do. So she, you're telling me that she can currently take apart and reassemble a, a pistol blindfolded? Yeah, yeah. Currently working Obviously. on the outboard motor in the garage as we speak. You know, she's very advanced. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I love it, dude. Dude, so we have a ton like to get ca- to. Casually, yeah. <laughs> we have a ton to get to as always, man. But I gotta hit you with this wonderful headline from the New Yorker. It's just like every few days, something really just catches my attention. I, I just love it, man. This is incredible commie headline from New Yorker this morning. Get ready for this, man. This is from somebody named Agnes Callard. I don't know. Never heard of this person before. Quote, the case against travel. It turns us into the worst version of ourselves while convincing us that we are at our best. Now, I'm not going to read it, obviously, but um, I'm sure it's about global warming and, and stuff like that. And I'm sure the writer uh, rifled this one off from, like, a private jet or, like, you know, somewhere over Spain or some such nonsense. But <laughs> incredible stuff. <laughs> incredible stuff from the corporate press, as always. The plebs don't get to travel, apparently. Oh, I mean, absolutely for sure that she is currently on, like, a travel and leisure junket, sitting on the Amalfi Coast, sipping some sort of very expensive Italian wine rifling off the fact that low income Americans shouldn't be able to like travel because it's expensive on the environment. You're exactly right. No, they, they love everybody being just perfectly situated. Um, I was thinking about this actually this weekend. I actually thought about you that it was, there was this black mirror episode a long time ago and you know, I'm all about that social credit score life. 
mm-hmm. and how, oh, hey, guys, by the way, this is coming. Like one of the, the quintessential things that China did when they implemented the social credit credit score was all the low income people or all the people that they deemed, you know, not a good um, exemplary of the CCP. They prevented them from traveling. They couldn't they couldn't leave the country. They couldn't do any sort of cross province problem as to not spread this, you know, quote, disease of the mind of them being a person. And it, it was it, it's exactly what they want. They don't want this like cross border pollination of ideas or problems and, and then the migration of like conservatives. And it's it's so fascinating as like, you know, they all fly into the Keynes Film Festival or whatever. And they lecture us about global warming. It's incredible. Always yeah. incredible. Yeah, man. And I mean, like, you know, obviously the electric vehicle push, they're going to try to ban gas cars and all that. You know, it's obviously very convenient for their goals, considering you'd only be able to drive 100 miles. <laughs> you know, or even like the best right. Teslas, like they say, oh, you have like 250, 300 mile range. It's like, yeah, that's if you're going 40 miles an hour and it's, you know, 65 and sunny outside. But, you know, if it's like cold or hot, which if you're in most places of the country, it's either cold or hot most of the time. You're just you're going you're going like a hundred miles, then you're out of battery. So it's like obviously that's an extremely convenient way to keep people from traveling, learning, influencing others. You know, it's it's all very Dude, convenient. You're gonna love this. I so coming up to your great home state. I was in D.C. for work for three days, and then flew from D.C. into Columbus, Ohio, and I go to the the car rental place before driving out to Kenyon. And, you know, I was pretty tired. I won't, I won't lie to you. It was, it was relatively early in the morning. The guy was like, hey, you know, you know you're know, you a blah, 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 gold, super duper president club member based upon, like, how, you know, the credit card that you own. He's like, do you want to, do you want a porn star? And I said, a what? <laughs> he said, oh, you know, uh, uh, you know, you want a porn, a porn star? And he was saying it, like, in this, like, real thick southern accent that I did not anticipate in Ohio. No. And he was like slurring it together but what he was trying to say was Polestar which I guess is an electric vehicle in Ohio that you guys have and like they're, they're like pushing these pretty heavily at the airport and I was like I, I don't know man like I feel like I'm going somewhere really remote I've never driven one of those before and I want to like run out of gas in the middle of like a field and he was like that's fair you should probably take a Toyota and he gave me like a RAV4 but I, I mean dude I got off I was like a a what? <laughs> it, was, it was great. I've never even heard so, of these of these things, by the way. I mean, they're they're kind of sleek looking, but it but like the way you said it real fast, I was like, I don't I don't think I want one of those at this time of day. <laughs> like, it's a little early. It's a little early, bro. <laughs> no man, it's like I I understand that like electric vehicles are the future, but like they're so far away from being practical for somebody like me. Like, I'm pulling a boat all over the place. Electric vehicles can't pull anything. And then I routinely need to go places where there are no charging stations within, like, hundreds and hundreds of miles. So it's like, yeah, find, get me, like, a truck that's reliable that can go 1,000 miles on a charge and pull 5,000 pounds, and I'm game. But And also I need to be able to buy it used for, like, 15 grand. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like right. we're just right. so far. We're, like, probably 20-plus years away from, like— a normal like hunter and fisherman like myself being able to practically drive an electric vehicle. It's just not like the technology's not there. It's way too expensive. Like it's not even close. Like I can't picture me driving an electric anything in the next like honestly couple decades. Like I just I don't know. I'd be very shocked if if they can get it up to what I would need. 
You know, it's just not, I don't know, the technology is not even close yet. I don't know if you saw, the only time I've ever seen a, an electric vehicle be, like, super, super cool was, I think at Le Mans, wasn't it, was it the Cadillac or what, one of those that it was, like, it would run on electric for the first, like, 15 miles an hour, 20 miles an hour, and then it would switch over, and it was, like, it sounded like, like the Batmobile starting up. It was, like, me, boom. It was, it was awesome. It was awesome. I'll send you the video. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's like 120 grand. Could have been, it could have been fake. I don't know. <laughs> no, nothing's real anymore. Speaking of nothing's real, <laughs> Russia. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, thank God. It looks like there's not going to be another Russian civil war. Um, by the way, just side note, we're not even going to get too far into the weeds on like what this quote-unquote coup attempt is, because I just don't believe anything that's been reported. Like, to me, just none of it passes the smell test. Um, but it was looking for a minute there over the weekend that, that the Russian army was going to be fighting the Wagner group on the streets of Moscow. Um, and right on cue, I mean, these people, man, right on cue, journalists and, and neocons were just salivating at this, literally celebrating a warlord leading an army uh, an army of mercenaries <laughs> towards Moscow. You know, and it, by, by the way, journalists are hilarious, man. The, the CNN and MSNBC types, they, they were calling what we were watching out in Russia historic. As if this hasn't happened in Russia, like five times in the last in the last hundred years. I mean, like, imagine being like, this is the, the the first time that an army of mercenaries were more loyal to a warlord than their regime, ignoring the entire history of Rome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the history of Rome is like this exact situation happening over and over every ten or fifteen years for a thousand years. But apparently, to that, an American like- journalists, it's unprecedented. Yeah, that was like CIA bread and butter in the 80s, baby. That was like what they did. Yeah. So, um, I mean, shoot, the, the journals don't like to like read anything, but they could just watch like American Made. Right. With Tom Cruise. <laughs> it's got Tom Cruise in it. You guys can enjoy it over like a wine thing. And you can tell, you know, you can post about how you're at like a wine bar with other journalists. Like, just relax. Just learn something. Yeah. No, I, I mean, obviously, as, as we talked before, I don't want to comment too too terribly much because honestly bro i can't even pronounce half the names man in russia let's be honest (laughs) so but yeah no it's i mean they they love they love that sweet sweet regime change having no idea what that even means so it's kind of kind of wild yeah i mean after a coup or war of regime change i can't think of an instance where anything has ever improved i mean going back to the russian revolution and world war one when all those regimes fell like it, it just gets worse you know, you get Hitler, you get Stalin, you get Lenin. I mean, in all, all of our wars, the last 22 years, like Iraq is worse. Afghanistan is worse. Libya is a failed state with an open air slave trade. You know, Syria is worse. Yemen's gone at this point. And the same pundits and politicians who perpetrated all of that, it, it, it's for some reason, convinced themselves over the weekend that a literal warlord would be better than Putin. Which It's madness. It's, it's absolute madness. I mean, how, well, it all how comes these back people... to they, they were convinced that they were convinced that the Russians under Putin threw the election for Trump, and they can't let that go, even though it was like, you know, ten dudes making memes that were like the actual like quote unquote election interference on Facebook. But they they get, they can't get over it. So they have to get Putin somehow because everything, like everything, comes back to Trump for these journos. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, Democrats, they, they really can't get past Trump. and they I mean, they also just have this, like, 
it's because they're so susceptible to, to corporate media propaganda. They have this childlike, and unfortunately, it's it's a lot of like left wing voters too. It's not just the the idiot journos and stuff, but like they have this simplistic, childlike view of the world where everything's binary. They think like if if somebody can overthrow Putin, they're going to get like Barack Obama as president of Russia. It's like guys, like on the, For sure. on on the scale of of bad Russians, Vladimir Putin is like a centrist. Obviously not by our metrics, but by Russian metrics, he is. He's like a moderate. Okay, like whoever comes after Putin is going to get that job because he's like Putin. He just he, you know he just didn't commit enough. <laughs> you know, like he just didn't like go hard enough in Ukraine, or he wasn't. You know, like it's going to be like a, a madman who who makes Putin blush you know what i mean like that's how these things work man like this ridiculous child's view of the world put forth by people like cnn and, and these journalists man it's like totally disconnected from reality they have no idea they like you said they don't care to learn about anything about history about anyone else outside of their own little bubbles in new york or dc they have no idea how the world actually works and they have no idea how, how, how Russian politics works. I mean, it's just, it, what a joke, man. I mean, our, our journalist oh, class are the the least impressive people in the country. Oh, for sure. I mean, and, and to that point, when we talk about, like, the information age and how much information is readily available to fingertips, one of the things that always drives me completely crazy during breaking news events is all of these people, Anthony Jeselnik has a great bit about this, but all these people have to like jump in the void like half half of them couldn't articulate the russian you know governmental structure but they all jump in with breaking blah 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 blah. so that if you're just ripping through your twitter feed or news feed it's like dude all of you people are saying the same thing and none of you know and have any ability to know if any of this is true but you guys will all post it on your crap so that if I try to go out and find the actual information, I have to wade through all of your BS to try to find somebody with like an inkling of knowledge or something Russian in their bio to suggest that they're either on the ground or adjacent to figure out the actual information of what's going on. It is the most exhausting time right now. So. And these journos don't understand that if they actually got what they want, it would be catastrophic. Catastrophic. I mean, if- I mean, if, like, there was an actual Russian civil war between the Russian military and the Wagner group, Ukraine's getting nuked, okay? Like, if they actually—if the if the Democrats get what they want, and Putin's this wounded animal, and he he's losing support, and this, that, and the other, he's still a dictator. He can do whatever he wants. You think he's going to go quietly? No. Like, if, if there's an actual uprising against him, I mean, he's going to lash out and he's going to start blowing up Ukrainian cities, you know, to show to you know, show off his muscle, show how tough he is. So it's like, guys, it, like even if this was real, even if this was a real coup, which it looks like he was not. It's like, guys, do you, you really want a wounded Vladimir Putin with 6000 active nuclear warheads? Like, what is wrong with you people? Like, can't, can't anyone understand that this would be an objectively bad thing? And the crazy thing, too, is like they only can see sort of the domestic or, you know, the Russian domestic problems. But if you look at what would actually happen, natural gas barrels would go to basically zero and be absolutely worthless or would go to the moon, depending on how the market looks at it. But one way or the other, the global economy would be absolutely destroyed. Oh, yeah. And you like all of this, all of these major, major economic problems that would turn entire people's wealth to zero overnight 
you'd have a bunch of different, like very, very complicated cross-border and sanction problems that no one would know how to deal with in any sort of scale at any sort of readiness within the next like five to six months. Not to mention just the general market uncertainty in the United States. You have timber problems all across China, oh, yeah. timber problems all yep. across Europe. I mean, catastrophic problems. Yeah. Like, yeah. The status quo has always been very good for the Americans and American economy, but like wholesale, like one of the big seven countries in the world having like a, oh my God, they, they just have no idea. But, no. you know, yay, like fly your. Fly your little Ukrainian flag above, like, your D.C. apartment complex, bro. Yeah. Also over the weekend, uh, Zelensky over in Ukraine uh, ruled out holding any elections until after Ukraine, quotes, quote, wins the war. So uh, there's an update on the great savior of democracy or some such nonsense. No way. No, yeah. Did that? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no elections, man. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Demo- you know, we got to support Ukraine for democracy. I didn't even see that. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's predict. I mean, it wasn't he like raiding churches or something? Oh yeah, 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 yep. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I ban we ban the I, I ban the Orthodox Church too, didn't he? Oh yeah, I, I wish we were a serious country with like actual, just. I mean, you know, you can't really say like America first because that that comes with its own little bag of tricks nowadays. But I mean, just <laughs> looking at the global political scene as these people. Are not all not all good actors, and we need to do whatever is best in the United States' interest at any given moment, because you know that's what protects our children and our families and whatever. But you know we just operate in this weird silo where we have to like make these like bad actors like a savior. You know, I mean, shoot, dude. Like, I, I think about it now. I mean, some of them did back then, but like Fidel Castro in like the the Cuban Civil War, they would totally make that guy like a Zelensky type figure. We'd be sending billions of dollars to cuba if it were the same thing now oh yeah absolutely yeah but yeah absolutely man i um i don't know how closely you've been following the rfk jr stuff but i I do have to mention it real briefly it's just it's just fascinating to me man his entire presidential run is fascinating i don't mean and i don't mean the vaccine stuff that his whole vaccines cause autism stuff that's not convincing to me you know at all but that that stuff aside we all know what what he thinks about that stuff but um it is bizarre seeing a democrat running for president on a platform that isn't like completely evil and ridiculous you know like at an event yesterday in new hampshire kennedy was asked about guns and he went on to say i'm not taking anyone's guns the supreme court is clear that the government can't do anything about guns and that guns aren't really the problem. Look at Switzerland, who has tons of guns and no mass shootings, and talk about how kids are all on Ritalin and antidepressants and how we need to look at the causes of these problems and not just the guns themselves. And it's like, huh, it's been a long time since it's a Democrat, any Democrat, 50 years since a Democrat um, has, has talked like that. Um, so I, I don't know if he's going to move any Democrat voters to the right at all, but it's, it's just interesting to me regardless. I mean, it is kind of crazy. Like, there is sort of a... I'm interested to see kind of how he polls. I mean, I, I wonder... I mean, a Democratic pollster would be putting their life in their hands if they actually put a poll out in the field seeing how Biden would do against him. Um, but if that poll did exist, I'd be interested to see how, how it goes because I think there is sort of a desire among, like, people that are not... that don't like Trump, they don't like the culture war stuff that, like, DeSantis does. They, you know, they're not... None of the other guys really speak to them or, you know, I guess... Nikki Haley, um, 
and they're looking for some sort of like moderate Democrat that's not a total, you know, lunatic on certain issues. I think there is sort of an appetite for that. And dude, I saw a camera. I mean, going to the antidepressants and how everybody's over medicated. I saw a chart the other day from a health organization and NIH maybe or something. But it was showing like the amount of people in the United States that are on some sort of form of antidepressant or anti-anxiety medication. And it is a shocking number of Americans. Like, I mean, almost a third, yeah. which is terrifying when you really think about that fact. And then, you know, coupled with the fact of just other things that I see, I saw an ad the other day that was talking about a supplement to take in addition to your anti um depressant medication to like supplement it which obviously begs the question of like wait a minute like are are is are we saying like these depressant medications are not significant enough to like ward off the initial depression or are we saying that these people have gotten so immune to it that they need like an additive in order to kind of keep their status quo and it's just not great not great to think about as a country like what what could happen if that's really the case, and if we have so many people that are like that and we're not addressing underlying problems. Um, and then more so, I love the fact that he's just shredded. <laughs> like, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got, like wandering around the West Wing being like, where am I? And you have RFK like bench pressing, you know, 10 reps of like 135. You got to respect it. Dude, the funniest thing is that Biden always goes around and like challenges random voters to like a push up contest. Do I mean, please do uh, that with RFK Jr. I love I mean, I love that Biden like walked up to some random guy. Was it in Ohio where he walked up to some random guy? And was like, listen, fat. It was <laughs> Iowa. Yeah. Look fat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, say what you will about him. But I loved that moment from him because I was like, that's real right there. <laughs> that's a that's an old man right there. That's a, I've met old men like that before. <laughs> Well, dude, it's, it was yeah. so funny, man, with Kennedy. The press actually <laughs> went after him for being jacked. They're, like, accusing of him accusing him of doing steroids or whatever, which I don't know if he does or not. Who cares? But, um, I, 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 am, I mean, look, it, most 70-year-olds who are that jacked are on some kind of, like, testosterone replacement because it's just, I mean, he's 70, man. Like, it's real tough to be jacked at 70. But, like, the, the, left, the, the left and the press just have no idea what to do with him, so they'll attack him on anything including being in good shape. <laughs> it's like, guys, like, that is just not, if you're trying to bring the man down, pointing out that he's ripped is just not, like, what is wrong with you people? Bro, I, I for the life of me, don't understand. I mean, and that's what's, that's what's so tricky. Like, I mean, this is why, like, I would say, at a minimum, I'm, like, a moderate Republican, if not a, you know, conservative or extremely conservative, depending on, you know, who you ask. But it's just, like, Figuring out what the like narrow window of things that are acceptable to talk about on any given day, like the body positivity people that they come after you if you're like, dude, you know, getting shredded is only a luxury for like super rich people. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> spend 15 minutes near like a concrete plant in South Georgia. Every one of those dudes looks like the Hulk. Yeah. And oh, yeah. they're making like 18 bucks an hour slinging concrete all day, all day. Like, stop that. Like, it's just a matter of like, not sitting in your like Brooklyn apartment and just shoving down like super rich food in your mouth at all hours of the day while you type your little blog post, like not the same thing, pal. So, or maybe the sedentary lifestyle of the white collar elite. 
So it's just it's crazy. It's so weird. I know, man. So, we need more Jack politicians, man. God, I, mean, I would love. I love that one. I don't know. I I don't know his name. That one seal guy that's like super mean that he runs all the time. I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? He's like he's like a black guy. He's got bald hair. He's he's bald like he's got a shaved head. Former seal. I don't know. He's amazing. I love that guy. But uh, but yeah, he's constantly like if he would just like yell at members of Congress at any given point to like go run and they had to do like a group run, I would watch all all of that on C-SPAN all the time. It'd be amazing. I mean, it's just like. I mean, just imagine a debate on TV with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Chris Christie. Like, RFK could say, like, awful stuff, and I could disagree with all of it, and I would still be like, look look, look at yourself, Chris Christie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the American people, like, it's just, I don't know, man. We need more politicians that are in shape. If the only thing he does is inspire a few people to start working out, then it's a positive in my book. But, I mean, like, this whole primary cycle is going to be so weird, man. And I don't know how long... Kennedy can last in the Democrat race. Like, I I don't know. Like, I've seen, they, they've done a couple polls that showed him that somewhere between 15 and 20% against Biden. Um, but, like, he's running substantially to the right of Donald Trump on guns. You know, like, Trump was a nightmare on guns as president. You know, the, the bump stock ban, take the guns first, due process second. I mean, like, he's, he's he was an anti-gun president. And he's running way to the right of Trump on lockdowns. I mean, he believes, Kennedy believes rightly that they caused untold death and destruction. And, and Trump still refuses to apologize for anything and says he didn't do anything anything wrong. So it's like you have a Democrat named Kennedy running pretty close to like Ron DeSantis on both COVID and guns. It's just weird. It's like, I don't know how we got here. <laughs> I don't know what, you know, and, and a lot of people think, and I, I, I tend to agree that like the, the press might, actually spin this in a way that 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 they allow RFK's running to hurt Republicans more than it actually hurts Biden and the Democrats. I don't know. But it's like I don't know. I mean the optimist in me says like I don't maybe he maybe a Kennedy saying some of these things can give some Democrat voters permission to, you know, maybe rethink their stance on guns or lockdowns or something like that. Like remember, man, like Democrat voters are I mean, all, all American voters are tend to be pretty collectivist in nature, but, like, Democrats are, they, they really just fall in line, man. Like, maybe a normal, not-crazy Democrat might kind of give them the permission they need to not be so nuts. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. Who, who knows? Maybe the CIA will kill him just like they did his uncle. I, I don't know, man. Like, who knows what's going to happen? Just asking questions. I'm just asking I'm just, questions. just asking questions, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I— uh... I mean, I've always I, I definitely am curious about, like, the family dynamics of the Kennedys, because, I mean, Joe Kennedy, the third, right? I, is that his boy or that's I don't know if only there were like a machine I could look this up. But yeah, that know. guy, that guy definitely wants to be president one day. Um, although I did watch him walk into a tree one time in D.C. while he was like reading a book. which is kind <laughs> of funny. Um, but I mean, I guess, I guess it like, gives him some bona fides for being like kind of wonky and smart, but he also like ran into a tree. So it's like, uh, who's to say, but either way, the, um, but yeah, like that guy, like that guy wants to be president. So I'm very interested in like the home dynamics of like, dude, don't screw our family name up too badly, bro. And then RFK, I also think he would do a lot better if his voice wasn't so terrible. Yeah. He's got a pretty bad voice. So it's kind of hard to like be like the statesman that like JFK was with a voice that sounds like, you smoke 17 packs of cigarettes every day since you were born. Yeah. So, but 
I mean, we'll see, man. I mean, I, I think the, the the primary process is going to be fascinating in general. I mean, Trump's still commanding lead, but you know, if you'd have asked me in 2019 December, is Trump going to win and walk away with it? I'd have been like, yeah, he might. He might Reagan it and win all but a handful of states. Yeah, I thought so too. But that's why I don't make predictions anymore, man. I messed that one up real bad. <laughs> like it was, man. I'm, I'm on a, a a big losing streak and just predicting everything the opposite of how it plays out. But oh, it's, sure. Yeah, it, it's it, it's weird, man. It is going to be a, a very bizarre primary. I, I just, I don't know, and all of Trump's legal stuff, you just don't know. I mean, depending on what that jury looks like, they could have him dead to rights. I'm not sure. Um, if he could just stop talking about it, that would, I mean, you're you're a lawyer, man. I mean, what, Wait, what, do, you, what do you think just, about, by the way? Like, just in, just in general about, like, the confidential documents thing. Like, what, what yeah. is your kind of, what's your take on that? I mean, obviously, Trump supporters don't hear what I'm not saying. Obviously, it's BS. It's, you know, two totally different systems of justice. He did the exact same thing Biden and Hillary did, and they weren't punished, blah, 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 blah. It's not fair. I know it's not fair. But, uh, I mean, like, he did do the things he's like, being accused of. <laughs> like, and he just, like, couldn't—he still—like, I still don't think Trump understands how much trouble he's in. You know what I mean? Because he's never been held accountable for anything in his entire life, and so he just kind of assumes he never will be. But, like, he has—like, on that tape, he shows intent, right? Like, he says, he's like, I could have declassified this, but now I can't. It's still classified. Check it out. And then the other guy's like, oh, I don't know if I should be looking at this. He's like, no, 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 look at it. Look at it. We're going to bomb Iran. It's like, dude, can you imagine being his lawyer? <laughs> it's like, dude, please stop. Just stop. He goes on Brett Bear. And incriminates himself again. <laughs> it's like, dude, just stop. I mean, like, you you could probably convince a jury that this is a political persecution and get off. But it's like you are just shooting yourself right in the penis over and over. I mean, it's like, I, wh- as a lawyer, like, wh- where are you on this? I mean, with the same caveat of everything that you said at the beginning, right? I, I don't know, man. I just, I am more... The questions that I have, I've never worked in government, probably will never work in government. And, you know, all that being said, it just seems to me that there is a very peculiar amount of information that continues to navigate its way into all of these people's, like, personal stuff that I'm kind of wondering, like, why is it that the president of the United States has, like, a this crap like in his his house like why is that a thing like i thought that there was like whole rooms and divisions of our government devoted to like preventing this exact thing from happening where a politician couldn't just like have access to all this crap just like sitting in their living room like i literally thought that that was the reason that we have government buildings so it's just i guess like trump still doesn't understand what he's up against man and it's like if anybody should understand, it would be him, right? I mean, he like he was treated horribly by the entire government, by the entire press corps, and he still has Maggie Haberman at the New York Times on speed dial. He still sits down with Bernstein to help him sell a million books. It's like he doesn't believe his own re- rhetoric when he calls the press the enemy of the people, when he says, we got to destroy the FBI and, and get rid of all these people. He doesn't believe it. It's like if he actually believed his own rhetoric, he would have buttoned it up a little bit, maybe not said on tape when he knows he's being recorded that he's showing his golf buddies classified military documents. It's like, dude, if if he actually understood, how does he not know? 
How does he not know that upon leaving office, the entire federal government was coming for him? How? How is he, is he really that stupid? Is he that arrogant? Is he just kind of the rich kid who has never been held accountable, so kind of thinks that he's going to keep Forrest Gumping his way through life? It's like, I don't know, man. I don't know if you can Forrest Gump the feds when every single fed in the country is trying to kill you. I just don't know, man. Like, I just don't. They might get him. They might actually get him. I think part of him thinks that, I mean, I don't know him, obviously. I've never met Trump. I've never, you know, I've talked to a couple of buddies that know him pretty well um, and, you know, whatever. And it's funny because, like, the things that they say, they, they just never fully match up to the things we see. And it's it's confusing because I can't tell, like, I just can't tell who's lying. Like, are they lying to, like, preserve their access and stuff? Or are they, like, it's just so confusing because everything that people say about him is that he is very savvy and he comes across as, like, a like a brilliant strategist and he says things that are brilliant and blah, 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 blah. And then, then, you know, we see some of this other stuff and it's just, it's all just like, so it's so confusing, you know? Yeah. So I think the one thing that I ever saw about him was like, he wasn't like super liked by his dad or something like that. And, or polite society, like viewed him as new money. And so he was always trying to kind of like usurp that notion about himself yeah. And I, I, I can see some of that, I think. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, I don't know him, so I don't know. But but I, I will, it does seem to be that no matter what he does, he's going to be viewed a particular way by this, this press. And it's just tricky because he doesn't like, it doesn't seem like he does a lot to help himself out, which is just sucks for us as conservatives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think another major issue, and I've talked about this a lot over the last year or so, but another major issue that Trump has is just the brain drain around him that's happened in the last several years. Like he just doesn't have, he doesn't have the same kind of campaign staff that helped him win in 2016. He doesn't have the same sorts of advisors around him. He has like Roger Stone and Laura Loomer and Alex Bruzewitz and these clowns. You know what I mean? Like he just has these like Twitter trolls as his inner circle, and he's clearly not. I mean, if there's any time for anyone to shut your mouth and listen to your lawyers, it's right now. And he's clearly not going to do that. He's going to keep bringing up the case on the stump. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's going to keep putting ammo out there for the left and for the prosecution to, to hit him with. It's like, man, he just needs better people around him. He needs a higher caliber of people around him. He needs a better campaign staff. It's like, I don't know, man. And that happens with politicians, dude. Like, when you first enter the scene, you're probably going to have, or when you first really break out, you're going to have, like, the best staff you're ever going to have. And then just over time, people move on it just gets diluted and the quality goes down. And that's, I mean, clearly what is happening right now. Yeah. I'm curious. I, I, I am curious because I think that there will definitely be like, you know, barring some sort of crazy situation. I mean, he's got to win the nomination, right? Like there's gotta be, I just, I can't see a scenario that he doesn't because he just doesn't. I'm still holding out hope, man. I'm holding on hope that DeSantis can somehow in the next year, you know what I mean? It is. We, we're still what Iowa's what? February? Yeah. March? Yeah, it's February. Yeah, so, I mean, we still have a lot of time, man. But you're right. I mean, obviously Trump is the the overwhelming favorite, but I don't know. Never tell me the odds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I hear you. It's just that I I, I don't know that there's that much. There's some time. There's not not that much time in my my view. And that's only because no one pays attention, like, the entirety of December because everyone's busy doing their holiday stuff and no one cares. And then you got January— and by then, like, the money's going to all be kind of settled up. 
And that's when candidates are going to have to start deciding, like, strategy-wise, where they, they allocate their time. Like, do they spend all their time in, you know, Iowa? Do they start bouncing around if they think they got hope? Do they do they the uh, do you remember the Giuliani strategy where he went Florida? to Florida? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which was hilarious. Like yeah. he that's he spent all of his all of his time, all of his money there, and they still hated him. <laughs> yeah. Finished in like fifth or something, maybe sixth. Gotta, gotta keep in mind though that at this point in twenty fifteen, Scott Walker was the favorite. That's right. You're right. And Jeb Jeb was a close second. So it's just I hear you. I, agree with you i mean make no mistake I, I i there's time for sure for a third you know someone else to jump in but and also just like all these events like these these big 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 world events that are happening that can unilaterally like change how these things go i mean if georgia indicts him and they've got like got him where it's like you know you're gonna go you are going to go to prison i mean someone is going to jump in the void yeah, and also there there is a scenario too where RFK Jr. hurts Trump because they're running. I here's the thing, and uh, we'll we'll wrap up on this. I I actually did listen to the whole three plus hour Joe Rogan interview with RFK. Not something I would typically do. That's a whole lot of a real horrible speaking voice to listen to, by the way. So, uh, but hey, I I did it so you people don't have to. <laughs> but um, like once you get past all the vaccine stuff, which was like the first hour and a half, it, it was pretty painful. But once you get past all that. Like, RFK sounds exactly like Trump did in 2016. Like, he's running a Make America Great Again campaign. And it's from a different perspective. And RFK's perspective is that he was 9 and 14 when his uncle and father were assassinated. And so he talks about, like, the 50s and early 60s as this, like, American utopia that never really existed unless you were a Kennedy, right? And I'm, I'm listening to him. He's talking about how perfect America was the envy of the world and our economy and everything was great and everybody got along and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, that is not true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's not, like, that America did not exist. But I'm like, wait, it did for him, right? Like, he lived like a a, a a prince in the Middle Ages, but with the benefits of, like, private jets and air conditioning and stuff. You know what I mean? So he literally lived in, like, the peak of human civilization as a boy. So, and then, obviously, he goes through this crazy trauma. His uncle and his father are both the victims of political assassinations. And that clearly, like, he has a very childlike view of the world and of America. Because, like, yeah, he's still, like, 14 in his head. You know what I mean? And which makes sense. I mean, that's like an incredible trauma for a young boy to go through. So it does make sense. But like he has a super optimistic, we were great. It, we're not great now. We can be great again. Like just look at w what would have happened if my uncle and my dad weren't killed and you know, whatever. So it's like, and Trump's pitch was like the same thing, but like what would happen if there weren't any Mexicans, <laughs> you know, coming over the border or whatever. But it's like, <laughs> it's a very, but it's a very simple, like he sounded a lot like, Trump, he's a lot more articulate than Trump, minus the speaking voice. But it's like, it was a very similar, like, he was striking the same chord, man. It was basically MAGA, but with this weird perspective, you know what I mean, of being a Kennedy. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, they, they kind of seem like they're talking to the same audience. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, we'll we'll see how it plays out. I mean, I, they're not going to give him the time to launch it, bro. Like, no. you know, they'll, they, gave, they gave Trump the time because I think that they thought that if they got him... They got him nommed that he's going to get he would get smoked in the general. And so they were thinking, you know, this is our guy. This is our guy that we want to beat. But they're not going to they're not going to give someone airtime that could possibly convince other people, especially because like people nowadays, it's like, OK, like it's legitimacy by being on TV. So they're, they're not going to 
they're not going to make that same mistake twice with with him. I don't know, man. I wrote about this last week for the Examiner, and it's just that I don't think that is going to work. Like Joe Rogan is just too big, man. Like twenty million people heard that interview, yeah, maybe more. True. A minimum of 20 million. So it's like, it, and I mean, you know, CNN does, CNN's town, their highest rated program of the year was that town hall they did with Donald Trump and they averaged 3 million viewers. So I mean, yeah, you're, talk, I mean you're talking one seventh of a Joe Rogan podcast and that was the biggest show they've had all year. So it's like, they really can't gatekeep the way they used to because there's just too much new media out there. It is kind of funny to me that they haven't been able to get Joe Rogan in line. Yeah, he just can't, he just has too much money, man. He's too famous. And he's yeah, like, he, does, he does enjoys something. what he does too much. He can't be fired. He's the biggest podcaster in the world. The UFC can't fire him. He's a stand-up comedian. He's not going to fire himself. You know, it's like there's nothing they can do to him. Yeah. No, it's true. It's crazy. Ty, my brother, uh, thanks for doing this, man. Let's do it again soon. I know you're not on Twitter much anymore, but where can uh, where can everybody find you if they're uh, if they're intrepid enough to uh, do some searching on the internet? You know, I might have a I might have a breakthrough here in a couple couple months with some some new uh, some new things going on. I'm working on yeah. a couple things, but we'll uh, you know I'll hit you up I'll hit you up to a, do a pod when that when that goes down. So we'll uh, we'll make some moves. Absolutely, thanks, man. Thanks for doing it. Uh, always a pleasure. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. <laughs>